Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. Honestly, it's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and talk about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference in your life. And that's what we're going to hear from Richard in a way that only he can do with words of hope, insight, and humor. You may be stuck in traffic or stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help get you on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. So let's get right into today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is The End. Have you ever watched a bunch of old movies? And I would love to get a bunch of old movies and compile these things. But if you watch old movies, always at the end, they use different fonts. But usually there's two words on there, the end, and you know it's over. Now, if you're smart, you know even when you see the end, you hang around a while because sometimes some of the best stuff in the movie is after the end. And it's clips and bloopers from the movie or something. So hang around next time at the end. But there seems to be nowadays a lot of preoccupation about the end. And there's this talk that maybe the end is near. You know, if a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, then maybe a couple of days have gone by and Jesus has been gone and He's coming back and this whole thing's going to come to a head and it's over. And there are people that are terrified and run into the mountains and, you know, stockpiling arms and legs and whatever else they're stockpiling, you know, trying to prepare for the end. And, and in a lot of ways, the focus is on the fear of the end instead of the power and the positive side of the end. Now, no matter what happens, guys, if the end is today, your end is coming either way. Jesus doesn't have to come back. The world doesn't have to end. If those things are all put off for a certain amount of time, you are going to face an end. And the ultimate question is, are you ready for the end of your life? And what will be beyond that if you're not even in on some of this stuff the Bible talks about? Now, I have a lot of people I talk to, and they got lots of questions, and I'm going to make a simple recommendation, guys. Read the directions. I am terrible about this. I will try to put something together, rip it all open. The last thing I do is read the directions, and that screws up my life and whatever project I'm in. These are the directions. If you want, you know, all this junk about calling some psychic, you know, get a life, get a grip. Now, I'm not saying these psychics don't know some things about the future and whatever, because the enemy knows some things. I heard some lady on a talk show talking about some of this, and she said, well, you know, some people say we're a religion and it's all this. Let me tell you something. What you are doing and listening to and reading is either of God or it's not. And either God is involved with it or the devil is behind it. And the devil is smart as a snake. He is a snake. And he disguises himself, the Bible says, as an angel of light. And all these things will be beautiful and they will be appealing. And, you know, you're going to get a new job. You're going to have a new relationship. It's just all this stuff. And you say, well, it's not that this medium or this person actually told me specific things about my past. The spirit world knows stuff about your past. They know stuff that they can direct things and make things happen. Guys, you better find out if you are talking to God and talking to someone who is talking to the God of the universe or you're in trouble. I wouldn't even get near some of these things. Don't call these numbers. Don't talk to these people because you'll start hearing that and get sucked in to the wrong hole. And it goes down fast. And I have friends who've gotten sucked into this stuff. Don't go there. This preoccupation about the end, the fear, what's going to happen to me? It's in here. There are so many answers in here. And I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew. It's the first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 24. 
Jesus is talking here to his disciples. They ask some questions and he answers the questions, all right? There's a lot of stuff here and for the sake of time, and it would take weeks to go through all this, but I'm going to try to highlight a lot of this stuff and answer some questions. But in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is in Jerusalem. He's been lamenting over Jerusalem and the fact they've killed the prophets that God has sent to him, all this stuff. But chapter 24, verse 1, Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to him to show him the buildings of the temple. They're taking a tour of the buildings. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. You don't destroy the temple. And Jesus shows them this temple that Solomon built and says, guys, this is going to be gone. Now that got them thinking. And it says in verse 3, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. They're like, you know, what was up with that comment? You're going to have these buildings wiped out? When is this going to happen? And And he asked that. Tell us, when will these things be? There's the first question. When is this going to happen? And what will be the sign of your coming? We know you're leaving, but when will we know you're coming back? And of the end of the age, when is this all going to end? Verse 4, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Now guys, listen close. Watch what you listen to. If I were you, I'd hear everything I said. I'd get a tape. I'd go home listen to it again, not to hear me again. But say, what did he say that was wrong? I'm not saying be critical or dissect it. You better be listening and finding out for yourself. There are too many people out there watching TV and taking garbage in that somebody else came up with or said, and they can't back it up with a book. Back it up with a book and find out for yourself. And if you have a question, say, I don't think that's right. I don't know if that's right. Find out. Don't tell me, well, I believe this because my parents believe it or I just believe it. I say, well, why do you believe that? Well, I'm not sure. Don't tell me what you believe. Find out why you believe it. Because the world will just cut you into little pieces for being naive and just saying you believe a bunch of things without being able to back it up. So he says here, take heed that no one deceives you. Verse 5, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Jesus said in the book, don't be deceived. There are many who will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And you'll see this in a minute, guys. When Jesus shows up, you'll know it's him. It ain't going to be out in the woods somewhere in a compound. When this guy shows up again, it will be unbelievable. And there will be no question in your mind or in anybody's mind that the God of the universe in the form of Jesus Christ is back. I am the Christ that will deceive many. And you will hear, now look at verse 6. If this isn't going on now, I mean, it's been going on for a long time, but listen to this description. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. We hear all this stuff and, oh God, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? My life, my boat, what about my boat? My Harley, what about my Harley, God? You know, we got all this stuff and we're worried what's going to happen. He says, you're going to hear wars, rumors of war, all this stuff. But he says, see that you are not troubled. Stay calm. But bottom line here in the scriptures, see that you are not troubled. You don't have to live a troubled life. I had something happen this week. All hell broke loose. I don't know what happened. Something was after me, something on me. My gut, you ever had that gut feeling where your gut just cranks? You're almost nauseous. You're just like, I feel sick. What is wrong? I don't feel it right now. This went on, just stuff happening. And a lady who's been visiting here, a very godly woman, She called me. Now, I told her about how I'd been feeling, been attacked. And this woman on the phone began to pray for me. 
And guys, I'm going to tell you something. It lifted off of me just like that. We need to pray for one another, encourage one another daily. And if you feel that way, you get somebody on the phone who can pray for you and help you. You do not have to live a troubled life. And the devil is going to attack you. And John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You have the right to an abundant life. And if you don't have it, it's partially your responsibility. You need to take it, accept it, ask for it, get somebody around you, say, you know what, I am not going to live and die with this kind of feeling and being troubled. I want the peace of God that passes all understanding. Show me how to get it. And I don't want to live that way. I spent too many years of my life with that nauseous feeling. And I said, God, I don't know what this is, but somebody prayed for me. And it was an awesome thing. Let somebody pray for you. You do not have to be troubled, he says. Verse 6, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. They're asking, when is the end? And he says, these things are going to happen, the end is not yet. Verse 7, because this is going to happen too. For nation will rise against nation. Why is all this stuff, why does everybody in the world want to kill everybody else and take over somebody else's country? What's up with this? It's in the book. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be, look at the list, famines. You know anywhere where there are famines in the world? We almost can't even watch the news or the accounts of this stuff. It's so awful, seeing little kids starving. There will be famines, pestilences. Look at the next one. And earthquakes. Ever heard of any earthquakes recently? California, all it's going to take, they're talking about 70-year increments now, saying that all it would take is like a seven-point something on the Richter scale to pop California wide open. And people don't think about, oh, that ain't going to happen here. I'm going to tell you something. It isn't in here for fun. And God says, this stuff is going to happen. I'm just telling you. So when you see it, you don't have to get troubled by it. Because if you know who I am, you know who you are. And if you know who you are, you're going to be okay no matter what happens. There may be some bad Scoobies and things happen, but you're going to be okay. (laughs) Verse 8. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Not the end of it, the beginning of it. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Oh, this sounds like a fun thing being a Christian now. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I mean, it may get worse, guys. You say, well, I didn't sign up for this. You better read what you signed up for then, because it may not always be fun to be a Christian. But you know what? We're not going to always be here anyway, so who cares? We get concerned someone's going to disrupt our lifestyle, our quality of life. Someone disrupted Jesus' quality of life too, so this could all be possible. Verse 10, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. They're out there right now. There are people out there. They look right. They sound right. They are using this book. They are false prophets. Listen close to what they are saying and see if it really is of God. It's scary stuff. It's some kind of spiritual multi-level marketing thing out there or something where if you send money to me, You'll get rich. You know what? The only way to get rich is the guy you're sending money to in those deals. Maybe some of y'all involved in those deals. I don't know by the response there. But anyhow, verse 11, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. There's lawlessness, and the love of many grows cold. Where you used to have passion and concern, it just cools off. You just freeze up. You don't care anymore. Verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Keeps making reference to the end, the end. Verse 14, and here's an awesome verse. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now I'm going to tell you when the end is going to come. 
when we get off of it and get out there and tell people about this Jesus and this kingdom, we'll get out of here. The sooner we get the story told, the sooner we're out of here. This book talks about taking it to the planet, sharing with the whole world. And as soon as everybody's had an opportunity to hear, people say to me, what about so-and-so in these countries I haven't heard? Let me tell you something. He ain't coming back till they've had a chance to hear. So let's figure out how we can mobilize as a church and as a people and as individuals to do everything we can to push the gospel to as many people as possible. That's what this is talking about. Verse 15, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, and Daniel is a prophet in the Old Testament. There's a book called Daniel, and I recommend, I mean, it's some heavy-duty reading, and you may have to get a commentary. Some people write commentaries that help explain these things little by little. If you want to go read Daniel, he's making reference here to what Daniel talked about, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Something had happened even before Jesus' day where one of the rulers brought in this God, this statue, and put it in the temple, and it didn't go over big with God. I mean, you don't take something unholy and idle and put it in the temple. This had already happened once, and he says it's going to happen again. Verse 16, Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babes in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. Whatever he's talking about is a tough time, is a bad time. And there was a time in about 70 A.D., one of the Roman generals literally destroyed Jerusalem, and the people, the Christians, had to flee everywhere. It's part of this is being described here in this passage. It happened very soon after he spoke this. And they knew what Jesus was talking about when that happened. The stone, the temple came down, everything wiped out, they were scattered. Verse 22, And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Verse 23, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here's the Christ, or there, do not believe it. If you hear anybody say anything like he's the Messiah, he's not the Messiah. You will know when he hits. Verse 24, For false Christ's And if you look at your Bible, notice the word Christ is a small c. It's not the big c. False Christ, claiming to be the Christ but aren't the Christ. And false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now guys, listen. There are people out there and the enemy, the devil, has unbelievable power. If you want some example of this, go read when Moses went head-to-head with Pharaoh and his magicians. Moses would throw a stick down, they'd throw a stick down, it'd turn into a snake, and the snakes were swallowing each other, it was so powerful. Moses would do something, they'd do something. The devil has unbelievable power, and just because some manifestation, some supernatural manifestation happens on TV, or in some building, or wherever you are, it doesn't necessarily mean it's of God, and you need to test the spirits and ask God to show you if it's of Him or if it's bogus. Because people get so enamored with all this powerful stuff. We want power. I want Him more than I want power. And there is a danger where we get sucked into seeing supernatural things, and it's so exciting. Jesus turned bread into multiplied bread, multiplied fish. And the people wanted Him to stay around and feed them. They were more enamored with His miracle than they were with Him. And that's where the danger lies. Someone says, here's a Christ, don't believe it, because there will false Christ prophets rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even those who are really God's children. Verse 25, see, I have told you beforehand. In other words, listen, because I've told you before this happens what's going to happen. 
Verse 26, therefore, if they say to you, look, he's in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. Now here's how you'll know he's come. Verse 27, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. That's how he'll come. It will be just like that, like lightning striking out of nowhere, the Son of Man will show up. For where the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Then he goes on, you know, there's so much here. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I mean, some unbelievable, even celestial things will happen. Stars falling, meteor showers, whatever it ends up being, the sun will be darkened, the moon darkened. Powerful manifestations. Verse 30, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And that's what I'm talking about, guys. You won't have any question that it's Him. Because when He shows up, it will be on the clouds with power and great glory. And this is referred to in Daniel. It's referred to over in Revelation. If you go read like Revelation 19, verse 11 through like 20, verse 6, some of these things are described in this passage. Verse 31, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. It goes on and on here, talks about in the days of Noah, look down to verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angel of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, what will be going on? So also will be the coming of the son of man. Verse 38, for as in the days before the flood, what were they doing? Now here's how, why you've got to watch and pray and pay attention to how you're living and what you're doing. Because he says here, in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Life as usual. There are people who are clueless. And there may be somebody listening to me right here today going, you know what, it'll all be okay. It's over in a minute. And you're just having dinner and going and blowing, marrying, get, you know, seeing people married, just living, just doing your thing. You think, well, isn't that what life's all about? I don't think I'm missing anything. Got a house, got a car, got a boat, got whatever you got. Isn't that what life's all about? There were people in Noah's day, the entire planet was about to be wiped out. Noah had been working on this ark for over a hundred years, and they're thinking, this guy is a fool. Everybody that thinks you're a fool for doing things God's way is one day going to go, well, maybe they weren't so stupid after all. Why are you giving your money to God? Why are you giving your time to God? And why don't you come party with us anymore? Why are you doing all this weird religious stuff? That's what they see it as. Eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow we die. And there's going to come a day where all the partying and all the playing and all the stuff they thought life was really about comes to an end and it's too late. And the door shut on the ark, it says here. Verse 30, And did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 42, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And the operative two words in that verse are this, be ready. Now my question for you today is, are you ready for the end? You say, well, I don't believe the end's anywhere near. You know what? It may not be the end of the world, but it could be the end of your life as you know it. You say, well, there he goes again trying to scare the hell out of us. Literally, scare the hell out of us. You know what? I couldn't scare you into becoming a Christian. It doesn't work that way. God has to draw you. And if you sent somebody knocking on your heart's door saying, you know what? You've tried every religious thing, every 
chemical thing, every relationship thing, every pleasure thing. You've tried everything. I'm quietly knocking on the door of your heart saying this may be the thing you've been looking for all your life. Are you ready for the end? Are you troubled or are you not troubled? Are you afraid or not afraid? There's a great verse in the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Is your life characterized by power, love, and a sound mind? Or is it fear? If you are ready, the verse 43 talked about if somebody has a house and they had known a thief was coming at 3 o'clock in the morning, they'd have probably been up with a gun ready to get him. But nobody's watching for him to show up. He says, watch, pray, be prepared, be ready, for the Son of Man comes in an hour you do not expect. Guys, it is not about preparing for the end way down the road somewhere. It is about living every day prepared if this day is the day. What if this is your last day? What if this is your last chance to resolve these issues with God and establish a relationship with Him? Richard Ellis will return in a moment to wrap up today's talk with a few final words. But first, I want to share some important information about the program. The reason we do this is to share with you the good news. When you open your heart and life to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, that's the beginning point of the most amazing journey you'll ever experience. But it's also a journey that we want to join with you. So if you've been on this road for a while or just getting started, let us know how we can help. Maybe you've got some questions, stuck in neutral, or even wondering how to take the next breath. We're here. Give us a call at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also connect with us through our website, richardellistalks.com. We're here to celebrate with you too. So if this program has made a difference to you and encouraged you in any way, tell us about it. Let's keep this conversation going by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD. You can also send us an email through our website, richardellistalks.com. That would really make our day to know how Richard's talks have helped you. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD or email us through the website richardellistalks.com. And speaking of the messages, you can find today's talk along with every message from Richard at our website richardellistalks.com. Finally, we really believe that these talks with Richard are making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. You can contribute to this ministry by giving us a call at 855-6-RICHARD or at our website, richardellistalks.com. We would be so grateful for your gifts. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. All right, let's pray for a second. Our Father, I thank you so much for your word and for the fact that we don't have to live in fear. And though the end may be near or far away, we know who is at the end of everything, and it's you. And the scripture clearly reveals, Father, in Revelation, who wins and how the story ends. You win and we win if we choose your side, if we choose life, eternal and abundant. And Father, I pray for those that are hanging in this balance and trying to decide which way to go and holding on to everything they have that really amounts to nothing compared to what you have to offer, which is everything. And I pray in a moment and a time like this that you would open eyes and unstop ears and open people's hearts, Lord, and give them the faith to see and believe who you are and what this God and grace thing is really all about. Father, you're not just an awesome God. You are the awesome God. And I thank you that a personal relationship with you is possible through Jesus, his life, death, burial, and resurrection. And I pray that anyone under the sound of my voice who knows there's that void and that emptiness and would be willing to admit, God, I'm a sinner. 
I've screwed up and I need your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died to pave my way, to purchase a place for me in heaven that he offers as a free gift. And he was buried and he was raised from the dead. He is alive today and I want him to come live in me and through me to change my forever and my here and now. Father, do that in lives this moment and let people experience the forgiveness of sins that is so freely offered because of your life, your death, your blood, your burial and resurrection. God, we love you so much and we thank you for loving us and that no matter how tough things get, no matter what tomorrow holds, as has been said so many times, we know who holds tomorrow so we don't have to be afraid. And as the book ends up in the last few verses, Father, no matter when it ends, no matter what happens and whether we're here or not when it does end, our prayer today is, even so, come Lord Jesus, the sooner the better, and may we be found faithful spreading this gospel of this kingdom, your kingdom, to the whole world so we can get out of here sooner than later, Lord. We love you, God. We thank you for loving us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name who makes it possible. Amen. This has been Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. There's only one reason we do this program, to take the planet with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's our message and our mission. And you have a vital part of doing that along with us. If you've been encouraged by these talks with Richard, be sure to share with someone about the change they've made in your life. And we'd love to hear your story as to how the talks have made a difference to you. Give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. 855-6-RICHARD. You can also reach us through our website, richardellistalks.com. And while you're there, check out all the fun and informative pages we put together for you, richardellistalks.com. While you're there, be sure to click on the Contribute tab at the top to send your generous gift. If the program is making a difference to you, your gift will make a big difference to us. Until next time, thanks so much for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.